I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to Dice to Roll, the queerest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where it's hard questions like, if a ghost that doesn't know it's a ghost saw a ghost, how would it react? Well, well if they're scared of ghosts, I'd assume that they would piss themselves ectobiologically. <laughs> okay, but what yeah. if the other ghost also doesn't know it's a ghost? I, well, I guess they have then a they'll fucking scream scream at each other. Yeah, comedy of errors. I guess they're piss scared of each other. <laughs> and then every- they make out. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they put. They put. That's their the hands, most important part. They put their hands to each other like Tarzan style. Yeah, please. Jesus um, Christ. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dark Archive. We have another strange journey to go on. Is everyone ready Ooh. to rumble? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> The afternoon sun is rising over the city of Absalom. We see a different part of town. It is decidedly less wet than the puddles. While it certainly isn't rich, this is a homelier district, the Petals Quarter. Here, people dress in bright colors. They speak chipperly as they walk down the well-paved streets. All except the hulking catfolk man who hurries towards one of the houses, having been invited here by its occupant. Harrow Reaver, it has been maybe a week now since you used the uh, Dark Archive folio to appear across the world in Brevoy and deal with the case of the Beast of Birchfrost. You have uh, given some of the notes that you have made from it to uh, T. Bladra to study, and he has invited you to his office on his day off to come explore this further. Uh, he seems to want to keep this apart from his regular weekly detective work, so you are coming on one of his days off to do this. Mm-hmm. You check the address that you have scrawled down on a piece of paper as you bustle towards uh, T. Blader's home, which is, as you stand outside it, very modest, semi-detached. Um, it is homely. Much homelier than you would have imagined for the strange detective, you know? Mm-hmm. How are you doing right now? What's going on before you go in and see why he has called you here? 
I think that Harrow is quite pleased to have been uh, called over. Um, I think he's been excited to look further into the files, and he's been um, prepping on his own be able to do that uh, with Bladra again. He's he's perhaps bought uh, brought a little like box of tea as a gift <laughs> for for him. Harrow, you come up to the door. Uh, there is a bell outside if you'd like to ring it, and I'm talking like an actual bell that you have to like pull on the string on. You know, it's not like a doorbell. Oh he, yeah, he brings it. Yeah, you do, and there's some scuffling, and the door creaks open, and standing in the doorway is a short, slender figure who kind of squints at you suspiciously. And the tiefling in the doorway says, Dad! Yes? Your friend's here. Coming. And this tiefling <laughs> girl, who looks to be um, in her early teenage years, maybe, uh, she has pale blue skin similar to Bladra's. Um, her horns are a little stubbier, her hair a little bit longer. And uh, she is very primly and properly dressed. Mm -hmm. And she appears to be holding um, in her hand an especially large toad. Oh, yeah. Big fucking toad. And this young lady, she takes a step back. And uh, Bladra, you, you arrive at the door. Surprise, you have a daughter. <laughs> Hi, Harrow. Mr. Detective Bladra, I thought you'd shrunk down for a moment. No, I get why you'd think that, though. Sorry, this is, um, this is my daughter, Rebellia. Uh, Harrow, I, I, like, leans, like, down, like, he kind of squats to be on, uh, Abelia's, uh, level. Uh, she pops like, herself up a little bit to look taller. Oh, well, it is very nice to meet you, Abelia. That is a very nice toad you have. I think she appreciates that you did recognize it was a toad, not a frog. So she she eases up ever so slightly <laughs> and says, thank you. I like your drapes. She looks at your, <laughs> your many, many layers of clothing. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, and he stands back up. Please come inside. I don't want to leave you out here. Uh, I have not come empty handed. Uh, and he oh. kind of rummages through his bag as he enters and he pulls out... Uh, Okay, looking box of tea. Thank you. It, uh, Blader looks genuinely thankful. Of course. Uh, you make your way into the modest house. Uh, there is a decent dining room. Um, seems that there must have been some perks of going on an incredible adventure uh, that earned him eternal fame in history. Uh, and that is a domestic uh, little house that is easier to raise children in than a uh, barely functioning house in the puddles. This is true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, as you enter, uh, you are met with a second surprise today. Uh, you immediately do figure out that um, Torelli must be uh, the father of Abelia and also the father of the second child that he is holding in his arms. L uh, a little baby boy um, who is maybe two, two and a half looking. He's maybe tree tops. Um, he's just kind of like hugging and licking a spoon. Uh, they seem to have been doing some cooking. And uh, he's got very short, messy hair. 
same blue skin, same stubby horns, same little tail. And uh, Torell is like, oh, hey, uh, Mr. Reaver, good to see you again. Torelli. Wow. You are a very good secretary to be doing this much work. <laughs> uh, yeah, the T. Bladra on um, T. Bladra Private Investigator also goes for T. Bladra, novelist. Sorry for stealing your oh. last name. And <laughs> Harry, like, points at, like, both of them and, like, crosses his arms as, like, he points. And he's like, oh, oh, you are married? Yes, we're married. Uh, going on what? Twelve years strong now. Oh gosh. God, yeah, that really. Yeah. Huh. We've been. Was a beautiful, big, happy family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, would you like to quickly? This is so funny. I was gonna say, what <laughs> lore check could you make to figure this out? Then I remembered you have esoteric lore, which lets you le- use all recall knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to yeah, use wait. esoteric lore to do some weird um, mental maths in your head? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, hey. Um, if they've been married for like 12 years, and Bladra, you assume, is like in his early 30s, um, and Abelia, the eldest child, is like maybe 13. You get the feeling that perhaps a younger and more rambunctious uh, Bladra and Bladra maybe made some, shall we say, <laughs> risky plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hera's doing that math and he's like, wow. <laughs> uh, not like a bad way, but not, not he didn't expect that from like Bladra. From, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he didn't get that vibe at all. <laughs> uh, he, he's very happy that Blaja has his family, though. He thinks that uh, uh, they are quite cute children. Um, I think Torelli jumps um, his youngest child, uh, Luel Bladra, in his arms, and he says, "Okay, so we're gonna go out into the garden." Um, Abelia, can you be busy for a little while? And Abelia's like, yeah, um, I'm gonna go study Starborn a little bit. And she kind of hugs her toad in her arms and scurries off. Uh. And, uh, that gives you two some private time around the, uh, dinner table. Such very lovely, charming family. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I'm not very public about them. Evidently so. Uh, not that you must be. It is wise to keep one's treasured items to themselves. <laughs> um, I try. I've been looking over the files. Mm? And something is suspicious to me, but I'm not really sure what yet. Um, for now, I'm just I just think it'd be a good idea to use it again. Um, but maybe during the day, so it's not the middle of the night and dangerous. Well, I assume it'd be dangerous regardless, but... Of course. Shall we read together? Sure. I'm curious to know what's got the detective stumped. I just haven't found a lead yet. Bladro, you pull open the files, and immediately to Harrow, it is obvious that you have been annotating stuff. Like, a lot of stuff. Almost like you're hunting something. What it is, you can't tell. Hmm. But it's... He seems to be suspicious of something here in these files. Mm-hmm. 
that being said, uh, do you guys pull open the file and see which one kind of calls out to you this time? Yeah. Okay. T. Bladra. Harrow Reaver. You pull out your next case file. One that reads, A song of making and unmaking. The frost struck in the time it took him to look. No waving fingers. No incantations. No circle of ancient runes hanging in the air. Just ice covering everything he laid eyes on. His breath hanging white in the summer afternoon as chills racked his body. Many such cases exist. And in the castle of Yaldro, even more are beginning to develop. K-H-W. And just like last time, your eyes begin to grow heavy. Despite yourselves, your arms are growing weak and you are slumping onto that table and falling through it like it is no obstacle. Ever downwards, you spiral until you land on your feet far, far away. The first thing that strikes you is that even though it was daytime mere moments ago, it is now the evening, suggesting that the distance that you have jumped is far greater than that of Brevoy to Absalom. The second hint that gives you this idea is the castle. Standing near unfamiliar trees under an unfamiliar sky is a castle. Tall, golden, square, and unlike anything you have ever seen back in Absalom. It almost resembles a pyramid. Hmm. Largely because, perhaps, it is one. My God. But not a pyramid of ancient Osirian, the land of mummies and deserts. This land is far more vibrant and lively, and even the air itself feels more charged with magic. Oh shit. The grass is, a, is dried under the impressive sun, and the people around you speak a tongue you do not recognize. But I think in due time, the Tomaturge and the Investigator, both of whom are very familiar with their own corners of lore, which would lead them to the same conclusion, realize that they are far from Absalom. Far from the inner sea. Oh my god. Far from Avistan as a whole. Somehow you have crossed the Aslanti Sea and now stand somewhere in the far western continent of Arcadia. <laughs> Holy shit. I think I might die. <laughs> I think I think I for real might die, guys. I think, <laughs> I think I might die. I think Dave might be excited. Arcadia, for those who are not in the know, is a continent far to the west of uh, Avistan. And while Avistan kind of fits this fantasy Europe with a little bit of the rest of the world thrown in here and there, Arcadia is uh, a fantasy America, specifically an America that was never colonized. And the castle that you are seeing right now specifically resembles uh, a blend between a castle and an Aztec pyramid. I might puke. <laughs> uh, carved into the face of this pyramid is the face of a man who very sternly but like calmly overlooks the beautiful region you are in. 
Uh, you seem to be on the edge of a small enough town. And there are people around, but it is such a different location. Like, it is so unbelievably far from home. There, like, there's no way either of you have ever been this far. Yeah, holy shit. Um, they, like, opened both their eyes, and, uh, and Harrow's like, Wow, this is quite a lot farther than last time. Wow. Well, this is... Well, this is farther than I went on my travels. Okay. Sure. Me as well. Is this... Are we in Arcadia? Yes. Yes, we are. Very interesting. Well, I suppose the files know no bounds of region. Who on earth traveled this far? I think um, as you are standing there, Bladro. Mm-hmm. That's odd. What's odd? Everyone here is wearing very similar clothes. Interesting. They all wear white robes. Uh, very simple, very plain. With hoods to shed, like to, to hide their heads from the evening sun. And as you are standing there, very plainly not in these robes, um, a man sees you and he breaks away from a conversation he seems to be having to stride towards you both. Um, and he is very handsome. Uh, like, Damn. like, <laughs> wow. Um, he is muscular. Hello. Very, very well built. Okay. Um, I'm so interested right now. His hair is black and curly. Um, his chest is kind of open to the air, and you can see his sweet, sweet pecs. Um, tattoos run up and down his arms, and uh, he has hand wraps around his fists. And uh, he comes and stands. Speaks to you, and he starts asking you questions in a language you don't speak. <laughs> okay. Harrow looks at Blader like ah. <laughs> Blader uh, uh, gestures for Harrow uh, to hold on, um, and Blader is like, uh, in the different languages, he asks in first he he tries common. Like he ta- okay. I think it's Taldane. Taldane. He tries Taldane, yeah. which is common where he's from. He's like, do you speak Taldane? I think this man just looks at you confused uh, that you are speaking to him in this language he has never heard. What about... What about Kellish? He tries in Kellish. Surprisingly enough, the Kellish ethnic group does not exist in this continent. Uh, he tries... Uh, what about Tien? He's shaking his head at you. He, he's like really confused and he's trying to speak in other languages as well. Um, <laughs> what about Dark Asland? <laughs> well, no. you've got a lot under your belt. <laughs> Dark Asland? Yeah. It's the bastardized language of the Atlante, of Islanti in the Darklands. Um, he starts speaking. It, it's like a different dialect, so you'll come across as kind of strange, but he's like, mm-hmm. Aslanti? Um, the guy's eyes widen and says, Yes, I speak some Aslanti. Why do you speak some Aslanti? (laughs) I just thought it'd be fun to learn. We do it because we study ancient language. Who are you? Um, we're adventurers. We're from Absalom. 
in... Harrow is vaguely nodding. <laughs> yeah, uh, Harrow, these two are speaking Latin in front of you. Mm. It is um, going well. <laughs> Will you say Absalom and his eyes widen and then narrow and he says, of the inner sea? Yes. Of the dead god Aradon? Yes. I don't like him. I don't really care about him. Then you and I are friends. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm glad. Um, sorry for startling you. So we seem to have teleported here. Before all else, perhaps it would be prudent for us to imbibe some potions of true speech. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. My partner here doesn't speak any languages between you two. But... Per- but perhaps it might be worthwhile instead for you to simply leave. We don't plan on staying long. We have... Any stay at all will be dangerous. I'm well acquainted with danger. He looks both of you up and down and kind of narrows his eyes a little bit before. Uh, just... oh wait, hold on. <laughs> what do you do? Harrow's doing like the cat no like banana smile. <laughs> kind of like grimacing, <laughs> yeah. He, he looks you up and down, and he looks you up and down as well, Vladro. And he gestures for you to follow him uh, into mm-hmm. a uh, one of the houses that surrounds this pyramid. Gets you some, uh, like, speaks to a few other men who all wear the same hooded robes as him. They're all kind of dressed the same way with, like, chests kind of out and arms bared. It seems to be mostly, like, to deal with the oppressive heat. Yeah, Vladro's dying a little. Yeah, you two, <laughs> as you two are fucking dressed way too warm for this shit. Yeah, Blader uh, has you, removed the cloak. <laughs> <laughs> you two both come to one of these little um, stone houses which surrounds the uh, castle. Mm-hmm. And he gets you both a true speech potion. And finally, you're able to speak. Uh, you make some brief introductions. Uh, yeah. He tells you his name is Edibaro Holinares. I see. Hmm. Um, and Eddie Barrow says, So, what is the occasion for you two having teleported from the inner sea region to get to uh, our lovely home? Do you even know where you are? Uh, maybe not exactly uh, point for point on the map, but we know that we are in Arcadia. Um, but I suppose it's a bit of a special case, is it not? How we ended up here. Um... I don't know if you'd believe us if we told you. He looks extremely tired for a moment and he says, Considering the things that have come to pass recently, I would find myself most open to believing anything. <laughs> uh, well, if you've seen your share, then I guess it's no matter. Um, we've uh, come into a position of some files regarding um, happenings across the world. And uh, when reading said files, we find ourselves transported to the setting of said cases. Mm-hmm. And right here seems to be the setting of whatever case is going around here. He nods slowly and apprehensively. Then perhaps you have arrived at exactly the right time. Though I cannot imagine anyone would have documented our case, as it were. It only began a few weeks ago. And we have not had outsiders coming to learn more in the meantime. 
When did Hero when did Hero steal those files? <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago as well. Interesting. Do we have the files with us? Mm-hmm. Could we show you the file that we have? It is in I yes, I would be interested to see it, please. Um Bladra goes through his bag and he ruffles through, he pulls out a notebook, and then he pulls out the file. Um and he and he uh, slides it towards him. He looks true, and a lot of these files have anatomical diagrams on them. But they're all very strange diagrams. Skulls with hundreds of eye sockets. A diagram of the respiratory system with some unusual changes around the hands and feet. A drawing of an arm which has bones protruding from the flesh like blades. And as Edibaro reads Trudy's, obviously he can't read the written text, but as he looks at these pictures, he becomes more and more grave-looking. And he turns his head up to look at you both and says, I am not a believer in coincidence. I find this suspicious, worrying, frightening even, but you have come at the exact right time. Well, we're here to help. Yes. And that's what concerns me. <sighs> you find yourselves in the nation of Sopato. It is a nation of magic and wonder, located in southern Arcadia. We owe our prosperity to the veins of creation, a network of ley lines that provide magic items and almost limitless energy to our people, the source of which being the Kumaru tree within Tumbaya Mountain. Hmm. And I think you guys know a little bit about Sopatl. Sopatl is essentially a nation which, until maybe a hundred years ago, essentially had electrical energy. Wild. Obviously, this was ley line power, but people could, like, turn on lights using ley power. They had machines That's that would crazy. work through ley power. And that fell apart a hundred years ago because apparently... A few thousands years before, warrior hero of this place, Arazni, a mighty warrior who later became many things, befriended a traveler from the inner sea named Aroden. Aroden and Arazni both worked together to stop some horrible forces, and eventually Aroden was allowed to inspect the Kumaru tree, which gave the nation of uh, Sopatl its power. And he took some of it and bound it to his soul. And when he died, the Kumaru tree also died, more or less. Mm. So the people of Sopatl don't love Aradin. <laughs> the children here have a nickname for him. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. Do you want to know what it is, canonically? Yeah. What is it? This is released in uh, Monsters of Myth. Aradin the Stinky. <laughs> I literally love them. Anyway, point is... You find yourselves outside Yilado Castle. Tell me, do you know the stories of the hero gods of Arcadia? I cannot say I do. Millennia ago, there came a day where the sky was blotted out by meteors. 
I believe in the inner sea, you call it Earthfall. The day that the Aslanti Empire fell. Yes. The meteors that flew over the sky and crashed into Aslan, sinking it beneath the waves and eventually giving you the Star Stone, the rock which would give you uh, the power of to become a god by touching it. Those meteors fragmented over the skies of Arcadia and buried much smaller pieces of the Star Stone here in our nation. Though these uh, stones were smaller than the actual Star Stone and would not give people the power of true divinities, those who found these pieces of Star Stone would become what we called hero gods. Hmm. Powerful, nigh-deific individuals. The hero gods of Sopatel helped shape the land and lead the young nation to a time of prosperity, using their powerful abilities to defend the region from threats of all kinds. One of these hero gods was Yilado the Manifester. He was one of the oldest and most powerful of the hero gods and would regularly leave the nation to face dangers that other hero gods couldn't. And this, he points, this is his castle. It is a temple, it is a historical site, and it is home to us, the Order of Yilado, of which I am the leader. Oh my. That's incredible. He smiles softly and says, It would be, but recently our incredible tale has become something of a nightmare. Oh? How is that? Something terrible is happening to my, to my brothers. Locals waking with awesome and nightmarish abilities, becoming overwhelmed with mysterious powers and hurting themselves and others in the process. They're gaining powers? Everything from extreme strength to walking through walls to beams of energy. Huh. When these abilities awaken, the person sometimes undergoes a physical mutation. One brother grew a second fanged mouth over his heart that spits bolts of lightning. That's definitely abnormal. Interesting. In a lot of cases, people are being hurt. These abilities are sometimes powerful, and the newfound power can overwhelm the person. Many people manifest an ability and almost immediately fall comatose. In other cases, the ability is unleashed in a destructive manner that hurts the person and others around them. One traveler began to unintentionally throw things about the guest room as they were unable to control their new telekinetic abilities. Oh dear. Even for those who survived the initial awakening, their newfound abilities are often incapacitating and unstable. And have you found... Any direct cause? We believe we may have a feeling why. What's that feeling? Our order routinely scours the network of tunnels and chambers beneath the keep to clear out any creatures that might have taken up residence. Sure. During one of these undertakings, we ran into a terrible monster, and it it sang to us. It sang? sang? And that music, it echoes still through the castle every once in a while. And those that hear it, they're the ones who change. So this monster is giving people uncontrollable abilities? That is our best guess. Huh. Blager is writing in his notebook, like, furiously. Eddie, uh, Mr. Eddie Butter, uh, my friend, have you not heard the song? I've made sure not to go into the castle. 
not out of cowardice. I would lead if I could. Uh, I prefer you keep yourself safe. I'm the one who has to organize what we do. I'm keeping everyone out for now, but... If... If our, if our god Yaldo were still alive, perhaps we could call upon him. Perhaps we could call upon him to rid his temple of the beast that is now haunting our monks. I feel pathetic in comparison. Here was the hero god who slew himself a demon lord. He killed a god of the outer rifts himself. And I can't even deal with a singing monster. <laughs> Listen. You don't know what this is. This could be stronger than something, than just some singing monster. If it's giving people abilities, that's, that's really strong. And that's very weird. It's dangerous. We should be glad that you are unaffected. A leader is of no use if he cannot lead. And who knows what would happen to you if you did hear that. I think that it is nothing of cowardice. I think that you perhaps are very smart. It wasn't my decision. The monks, my brothers, we decided as a whole. I was the only vote saying I should go in. Well then, they were smart to keep you there. That means they need you. A lot of good I'm doing, them. Listen, we're here to help. If you had not showed up with documents showing exactly what was happening to our people, I would send you away. But? But, if you are showing up right now, as things are at their worst, it would be wise for me to listen, would it not be? Incredibly wise. I will send in two monks with you, to guide you to find this monster. We're going to try using earplugs. Perhaps that will help us. A good idea. Okay. If I am sending you to your debts, he looks at you both gravely, then I must apologize in advance. You are good men, and I'm sorry that you must get wrapped up in this mystery. <laughs> Let's not be so dour so quickly. He looks extremely serious. <laughs> um. Harold Reaver here is a very capable man, and I have dealt with some very, very dangerous missions. I know you don't know us very well, but I think we'll be okay. Don't worry. Adventurers sent to fix a problem by a capable leader have nothing to fear. Alright. And he kind of waves a hand, and uh, two monks approach, more men wearing these robes, and he says... If you are ready, then. Bladra finishes writing notes, and he closes his little notebook, and he's like, Mm-hmm. Please, be our guide. Um, and the two monks, uh, brothers, uh, Eva and Dev, uh, nod, and Eva says, We won't let you down, adventurers. If Brother Edibaro trusts us to guide you, then guide you we shall! And he punches his hands together. And uh, Ev says, You are in capable hands. We will be the ones to protect you, I am sure. And he kind of gives you a coy smile. No, <laughs> I am very sure. Ada and Ev kind of bow a little bit at Edibaro, and Edibaro waves and says, Good luck, adventurers. I trust you will not need it. 
We will be back, Mr. Ediboro. That is a promise. And do you guys make your way into the castle? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yida and Ev take you in. You put in your earplugs. Um, so the conversation isn't great. <laughs> but it does really block out everything. All you can hear is your own blood thumping in your chest as your heart pulses. The two brothers who are coming with you seem to be nice folk. Mm -hmm. But as you enter into this castle, this temple, this tomb, the bastion of a dead god, one who helped unite Arcadia and eventually presumably just died of old age or who knows where he went. It doesn't seem like the brothers actually know where he went but considering he is not giving anyone powers, they must assume, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they're full divinities. They can die. Yeah. Uh, the two brothers are guiding you along. How are you two doing as you walk down this uh, beautiful corridor? Like, um, the tunnel here is like a stone one. Uh, the chamber walls are uh, seem to have been carved by Yaldo himself during the Keep's creation. The walls feature these, like, patterns of glimmering basterly stars along the wall. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the doors are activated by touch. Like, you put a hand to a panel and the doors will slide open. Kind of sick. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this was literally powered by leyline stuff, you know? That's so fucking cool. I can't get over that. Uh, I think as they're walking, um, Harrow, who finds it very hard not to talk, uh... Tries his hand at uh, charades to say anything at all. <laughs> He's like, four words. <laughs> First word. <laughs> As they're like walking, like trying so desperately to sit. He's like, in the end, it's just something stupid. Like, it's nice in here. Blazer's like, it's sexy. It. He's shaking his head violently. You can't even tell. You can't even tell because he's... He, he, you can't hear him, he can't hear you. You both got earplugs. I feel like Harrow can kind of like read lips a little bit, but since he has like a cat head, it's a little bit hard for anyone to read his. Wait a minute. Uh, Bladra, you do in fact have the uh, read lips skill feat. Do you? I apparently so you I do. you can tell what he's saying. Dude's just fucking with him. <laughs> Bladra gestures like he can read lips. Arrow <laughs> is like, it is nice in here. <laughs> Such pretty walls. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Detective Bladra? <laughs> Bladra gives a thumbs up. I am glad you are having good time. Um, he puts a thumb up also. It's Claude. As you are making your way through this place, um, after like maybe f 10 minutes of like going across these like many, many winding corridors, you are going deeper and deeper into the castle itself, uh, further and further away from the living quarters, which now largely appear abandoned. Um, you cannot hear anything except the blood in your veins and the steps that your feet are making on the stone floor. But eventually, the two brothers... Uh, get to a large door 
which seems to uh, be leading into wherever it is that they're supposed to be, like, bringing you to this monster. Mm -hmm. And one of them puts a hand to the wall to activate the door, and then the worst possible thing happens. Oh, no. You hear something. Oh. By all means, that should be impossible. The earplugs, presumably magically enchanted, are blocking out all exterior sound. Oh god, it's interior. <sighs> it seems to be coming from your own hearts. Fuck. There is no accompanying song. It is just voices. One voice, perhaps, deep and unnatural and many and singular singing this awful song that reverberates through your fingertips crawls up your skin into your wrists into your veins into your bones and it hurts to listen it hurts to feel it vibrating through you it hurts i need all of you to make me a fortitude save please secret oh that's that's awesome that rules. You're so fucking evil for this. <laughs> I literally <laughs> You're like, David, you can you can play you could play Blazer, your most fragile of characters. <laughs> I'm so fucking scared right now, you have no idea. <laughs> you shut up. I'm so fucking scared right now. <laughs> literally me right now. <laughs> Shooting pain starts to mark its way through your veins. And for a second, both of you feel a weird sensation pass over you. Blader, your hand clenches and unclenches several times involuntarily as you almost drop to your knees. Harrow, your eyes begin to sear with pain. Blader is really leaning on that, Kane. Something <laughs> begins to happen as well. You, another sense of yours goes off. Because you don't hear them screaming, but you do smell them. Uh. You smell the scent of cooking meat. Oh my god. The two brothers scream out as they are incinerated on the spot, and their charred skeletons fall to the, a pile on the floor. And they are very obviously dead. But their bones continue to burn. And that pain is still shooting through both of you. Uh, I think that Harrow is... Uh, through bleary eyes, I think Harrow kind of uh, grabs Bladra and tries to go through that door. <laughs> you grab Bladra and you try put your hand on that panel that the brothers were touching before. And the music has stopped now, Harrow. But you do feel something else. What's that? This time it is not a sense of smell. It is not the sense of sound. It's the sense of touch as something curls around your ankle and begins to burn you. Mm. As the skeleton of that poor dead monk looks up at you, still burning, and it begins to scream. Shit. Everyone, let's roll initiative. Fuck. <laughs> Bladra, it is your turn. Your arm aches. Your smell is invaded by the scent of 
burnt flesh. The two monks who were guiding you have spontaneously combusted and now are reanimated as they claw at you. What do you do, my friend? Blager goes, fuck. Shit, I'll put you to rest. I'm sorry. Um, and he literally is still in pain. Um, but honestly, I think he's used to that after the amount of fights he's been in. He's going to devise a stratagem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, is it, should I roll occultism here to try and figure out stuff about them? Uh, yes, please. Or religion. I'll go with occultism because it's a little better for me. Okay, so, Bladra, you can tell that these creatures are combusted. That is what they're called. Okay. Um, combusted are very, very obviously... Uh, undead that form from people who died horribly in a fire. Not much of a surprise there. What I think I'll give you as a surprise is it is very obvious that what just happened is that whatever that song is that is giving people abilities, it gave them pyrokinesis. Jesus. And it didn't, they were not strong enough for it. That's awful. Yeah, Jesus Christ. You, yeah, what well, you have, that's your recall knowledge for uh, the Vise Stratagem, right? Yes, it is. Okay, go for it. What do you do now? Um, well, I think I'm going to attack. Mm-hmm. Or at least, let's see if I attack. Mm-hmm. 20? 20 is a hit. Uh, Bladra. Which one are you attacking? The one that is grasping Harrow's ankle or the one that is grasping or that is like stumbling to its feet uh, to the south of you? Um, he's going to attack the one that's attacking, the one that's grabbing at Harrow first, I think. Okay. Go for it. Blader. <laughs> Blader. Blast. <laughs> You're not ready for my Blader. Blast. <laughs> uh, 10 damage. Okay. 10 damage. You do that, Blader. Uh, you smash into this thing, and as you do smash into it, uh, Bladra, you are able to use your shared stratagem. Whenever you hit someone with devise a stratagem, you make them flat-footed to one ally. You only have the one ally. Harrow Reaper. You're welcome. He is now flat-footed to you. I took it for you, Ritz. I start making out with you. All of it. Um... Uh, then I think I'll literally roll occultism again, if that's okay. Okay. It'll be a higher DC, but go for it. That's totally fine with me. Okay, so uh, with another look at it, you can tell that this creature is, obviously because it is on fire, it's not going to like cold or water damage. Bladra, um, with his last action, I think gestures to the, to Harrow's, like ears to pull out the earplugs because I don't think that they need to hide it because I don't think it's possible for them to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that he'll take them out so that he can tell him as soon as possible, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. I will say, Blader, you are starting to feel very lightheaded. Fucking trucking. And <laughs> that pain in your hand is getting especially bad. And I need you to roll me a d10, please. Scary. Uh oh. Okay, excellent. Bladra, as your pain overwhelms you, you catch sight of your hand. Mm-hmm. And your arm has changed. Mm-hmm. Your flesh has become translucent. 
like it's jelly. What the fuck? And you can see your bones underneath. You can see your uh. veins. You can see the muscle tissue, but it's all kind of jelly-ish. All of this surrounding your skeletal hand. And your flesh ripples. Something bad is happening to you. Awesome. Harrow Reaper, it is your turn. Before all else, I want you to roll me a d10. Okay. Harrow Reaver, you close your eyes and you grit your teeth and bare your fangs. And then Blader, when he reopens them, his eyes have changed. Hmm. I'll let you decide, Reaver. What happens to your eyes? Something has changed with them. I will let you choose. Uh, oh God. Um, uh, Harrow <laughs> opens his eyes up and he's got two pupils in each eye. So it's like two lines per eye. Whoa! Uh, double slit. And Reaver... <laughs> he doesn't like it. I'm going to let you know that you have both gained deviant abilities. Mm. You've been changed by this song. And the one you got, Reaver, and keeping the one Blazer got a uh, secret, but because he doesn't necessarily get to choose when he uses it. But Reaver, you do. You have gained blasting beams. <gasps> he really does have Biden Blast. Biden Blast. Hello, Reaver. Blast. <laughs> Reaver, right? It's not the same. <laughs> no way! No way! River, rape! Uh, what energy damage would you like to do? Oh, Acid, um... cold, electricity, fire, or sonic? I really love the idea of just giving a, a cold stare to someone, but literally. You want to shoot ice beams out of your eyes? I kind of do want to shoot ice beams out of my eyes. Okay. Blasting beams. Uh, and what this does is you can shoot a directed beam of ice out of your eyes. Um, you make an attack roll uh, against a creature within 30 feet. And if you succeed, you deal 1d6 damage for every two levels you uh, you have to target. So that would be 3d6 energy damage uh, if you hit them. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. But every time you use your deviant abilities, there's a chance it will melt down on you. So be aware. Fantastic. It's a very powerful ability, but it could come back to bite you in the ass. I'm so glad for that. Now, you have three actions. There is a <laughs> flaming skeleton that uh, you is right in front of you. Uh, Bladra is gesturing for you to pull your earplugs out, but his hand is all sorts of fucked up. What do you do? I guess he takes one of the earplugs out. He's weak to cold and water damage. They're undead. Perfect. They're called the combusted. Very interesting. What? Your arm? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cool. Eh. Uh, Arrow is immediately going to use uh, exploit vulnerability. Okay. Um, so you need to make me an esoteric lore uh, to try figure out uh, what items you have in your bag that you'd be able to use on this combusted. You know okay. it's weak to cold, so... Yes, it's going to be 24. 
Yeah, easy peasy. You figure out exactly what to do. It's gonna have a weakness to your uh, to your attacks um, from cold stuff. Then he he immediately uses uh, his his funny eye beams on this fucker that's holding him. Okay, so uh, Reaver, your eyes shoot down to uh, the combusted, and like there's a weird power shining from behind your eyes. Your pupils light up with cold energy and then shoot a ray that explodes out in a straight line into the combusted. Um, make me an attack roll against this creature. Okay. Blager makes like the shocked anime face. 17. A 17 is going to be a hit. Wonderful. Roll me 3d6 cold damage. 11. 11 uh, plus its weakness to cold um, that is going to be an additional uh five damage, that's 16 total. And you're not able to use your exploit vulnerability on this, but you do have the actions that have to smack it with your flail. I will use my flail. 24. 24 is a hit, roll me that damage. 10 damage. Okay, that is 10 damage. Uh, and additionally, there's gonna be an extra four damage from exploit vulnerability. Mm -hmm. uh, I do wanna make it known, uh, Harrow feels very bad about this. I, I, I called it a fucker but that is not how Harrow feels. Harrow is horrified. This was a uh, man who was joking and laughing with you only minutes ago. Uh, yup, and Harrow is not feeling very good about doing this. Uh, well, don't worry because the man is gone. It's only a creature now. As you're in its area, um, it is, has an aura of intense heat and I need both of you to please make me a reflex save. 29. Critical success. Oh. Not 20. Both of you are able to step out of its uh, space as uh, motes of flame explode out from around it. And the creature is then going to kind of snarl and uh, it's going to attack you, Reaver, because you have those weird ice eyes. Um, okay. It strikes into you and that is going to be a 22 to hit, which is a miss. Uh, it's going to try again. And that is going to be a critical failure um, as it's stumbling. It's obviously not very good at what it does. It is screaming and holding on to its unlife as it draw, like drags itself up against you. Um, but you can see its bones are literally falling apart. It is going to be enfeebled. Okay. Um, with its last action, it is going to just try uh, push you. It's going to try shove you. And that is a 16 against your 42 DC. I assume that is a success. On Like, you're, you're fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. The other combusted lunges for you, Bladra. Woohoo! And Bladra, you flicker out of reality. Okay. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> so, uh, as it throws a punch at you, that is going to be a, uh, a 20. That wouldn't be a hit. But you are kind of flickering in and out of reality. Um, you are, it's like you're a candle blowing in the wind. Blader, you just feel very cold suddenly. And Reaver, I forgot. I need you to please roll me a fat check, please. Okay. Six. You're good for now. Okay. Um, the monster, the combusted, it lunges for you again, Bladra, and it's going to attack, and this time it's going to be... A 25 against you. Is that a hit? Ah, uh, it's just a hit. Or is it? Um, you use your ability, Eerie Flicker, and you 
as a reaction, become concealed. So he'll need to make a flat check to hit you. Okay. Okay. So, Bladra, you literally, beforehand, it was like you were kind of like whooshing in and out, but you are like translucent now. You're like maybe floating a step off the floor. What the fuck? It's very, very scary. He he is not outwardly showing any fear, but he is like stiff. Like he's really stiff. He's like, what the fuck? The attack is still going to hit you. Um, the the creature is able to hit you even though you are uh, concealed, and that is going to be nine damage, bludgeoning and fire, and you are going to be set on fire too. Uh, 1d6 persistent fire damage. So that's, that's it. Holy shit. Uh, Bladra, it is your turn. You are on fire, but you are dropping back down onto the floor and you are becoming whole again. You have no idea what just happened. I think... Wait. Hmm? I forgot to use my reaction. What's your reaction? I get to ring my bell. Oh. How do you mean? So you have a new uh, implement, right? Since last time we played. I do. I have another one. Um, I want to do this because I want to help you. Uh, so the the combusted that I cast that spell on attacked Bladra. So I get to, as a reaction, uh, ring bell. I create a musical crash of sonic energy that assails the target and breaks its concentration. I'm going to need a will save from that combusted. Its will isn't great. Um... Good. That is a 22. Well, it's good enough. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, actually, no, it's not. Oh, shit. My class DC is 23. So what happens? It is enfeebled one or clumsy one. You get to choose. You get to choose. I do? Yeah. I feel special. Uh, I'm going to make this fucker clumsy. Okay, you're going to drop its AC a little bit, drop its dex. Um, it is stumbling to its feet as it tries to attack Bladra, and um, unfortunately, it is being distracted by you ringing the bell that you hold in your hand. Yeah, okay. Bladra, it's your turn. Um, back to you. Bladra's just going to... I think he's going to just try and focus on, on fighting. Okay. And he's going to devise a stratagem, I think. Okay, go for it. And he's using occultism, like four. Okay, you can't tell anything new about this. Uh, you know that they probably... I mean, here's the thing. You're getting to a point where there's not much you can figure out more about them. That's fine. What you can tell is that they are uh, pretty good at dodging. Like, they're pretty nimble most of the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, they don't have great mental fortitude. Make of that what you will. Okay. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, I have a weapon. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but that's fine. So, Bladra is going to try and attack, or see if it'd be a good idea to attack. Mm -hmm. A 17. A 17 is a hit. Roll me that damage. Awesome. 20 damage. T. Bladra, how do you slay this monster? Um, I think Bladra uh, tries to focus for a second. He's like, I need to put you to rest. And I think he... I think that he swings his um, cane into, like, its, like, side 
to collapse the skeleton. Okay, you bring that cane into the creature's side, and the skeleton lets out a wail before collapsing into ashes, and is destroyed. I'm sorry. If you had not had that bell rang, Reaver, that wouldn't have hit. So nice work. Hooray! Yes! Yes! Uh, Blader, you have one action left. What do you do? Um, Blader steps out of the fire aura. Okay. Uh, good call, because these things have a fire aura and standing near them kills you. Uh, Reaver, it is your turn. Uh, Blader, you are going to take two fire damage. Reaver, you are next to this uh, horrible creature. You aren't into fire aura, but you could be if you so chose. Uh, you have a bell in one hand, you have a mace in the other hand, you have eyes with weird energy pulsing from two two pupils. What do you do? I would like to fling magic. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to use my eyes again. So give me a reflex save. Um, that is going to be a 16. That is a failure. It is a failure. And uh, you are able to use your... Uh, 12 damage. Cool. Uh, how does this look? How does the energy shooting out of your wand look? I think that it's a, a deep uh, magenta that kind of looks like tendrils mm -hmm. rather than like wisps or something, but uh, it is a little bit smoky. Okay. So it's like a, uh, yeah, it, it looks like that. Like Bright, deep magenta uh, uh, swirls of uh, mist and tendrils that shoot towards them. Okay, cool. Um, you deal that damage, and is that your turn? Uh, no, I use my eyes now. Oh, shit. Lol. Okay, go for it. Make me an attack roll. Uh, so it's gonna be 19. That's a hit. Uh, roll me that damage and make me a flat check, please. Okay. Uh, flat check was 14. Okay, you're good. Uh, roll me that damage. 12 more damage. Okay, uh, plus it's weakness this time, uh, because this is cold damage. Um, that's 17 damage total. The combusted is looking particularly bad. Good. It is its turn now, and it's going to rush towards you, screaming still, and it almost looks like it's begging for mercy as it claws at you. A hand goes for your throat, and it is a critical miss. Ooh. <laughs> it is not trying to attack you. It is literally just clawing at you, begging for reprieve. Oh, God. It hurts itself, actually. Um, as it it literally smashes its, like, its body against you. Jesus. And that is going to be seven damage to itself. Um, and then with its last action, it's going to try grabbing at you, Bladra. Oh, okay. Um, and that is going to be 25. That just barely hits. Would you like to use your reaction to try become concealed, or are you good? Uh, I could definitely try. Okay. Uh, so it'll need to make a... First off, you need to make me a flat check, please. Seven. Seeing and touching the beyond leaves you open to its alien influence, warping your perceptions and thoughts. So you will become concealed, but something inexplicable touches your mind, and Bladra... As you go translucent, there is a silhouette overlapping with you. Mm -hmm. Something from the other side wants you. And that is terrifying. That's great. That's lovely. Your frightened tree. 
Awesome. But you might be concealed, so let's see. Uh, okay, that is gonna be a fail. It fucking misses you. Uh, you turn a hit into a miss, Bladra, as this thing reaches into the air and swoops through the space where you used to be. And now it's you and something else. Great. And you, Bladra, are panicking. It's your turn. Oh, sweet God. He's going to... Hmm. I, I think he's going to try and compartmentalize. Um... He's he's going to try to just focus on devising a strategy. Like he's 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 trying to not think about anything else. Um, okay. Okay, Bladra, you notice Tink's favorite color is blue. <laughs> Shit, man. Good to know. You know um, basically everything about this creature already. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just think it's funny. Um, Bladra is going to see if attacking would be a good idea here. Let's see. You think you could probably land a good attack if you tried, even though you are shaking quite badly. You think you could land a good attack. Okay. Then I do it. Eight damage. T-Bladra, you surge forward. You strike into this combusted, and it lets out a gasp of pain before it collapses to the floor. Gone. And the encounter ends. Dice will roll will return after these messages. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of Dice Will Roll. It's me, Derry, your gender, gender, genderist GM, um, and I'm here to say thank you all so much for listening to uh, Dark Archives. I hope you've been really enjoying. It's been really fun to run. Uh, this is just letting you all know that um, there will be one more episode of Dark Archives before we get back to our regular scheduling with um, Fists of the Ruby Phoenix's grand finale. Um, I hope you are looking forward to that. Uh, I know I am. Uh, and next week's episode will be our best one yet. Although it's going to have a real competition with this week, as you're plainly seeing before you now. Um, that's all. I just want to give you guys a little heads up for how this uh, unpredictable schedule is finally rolling out. Uh, Luna will be back with us very soon. And I'm very glad you've all been so patient. So uh, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode, everyone. And as always, keep it rolling. Thank you very much. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We now return to Dice Will Roll. Uh, detective, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. He's very obviously not fine, just by the way. 
He's also on fire. Uh, yeah, the hero's trying to, like, pat that down a little bit. I think you're able to get it. You're able to turn off the fire. Okay. You take six more damage total, but, like, you guys are able to medicine check your way back into being okay later. Mm Mm-hmm. How are you two doing? Both of you have a very strange thing happening, and now that the combat is dying, you hear that music emanating from you both again. Uh, uh, I would not look at you different if you wanted to leave right now. I don't think... I don't think that'd be a good idea. I'm fine. I'm not scared of the thing. And I'm not scared of anything else. Of course not. Um... Uh. Wen's body can only take so much. Maybe we can find more answers behind this door. I was not able to open. Um, can Harrow try to open that door again? Is okay. he able to? You certainly can. You press your hand against that plate and the door slide open and you find yourself standing in a tomb. Several stone coffins lie along the length of this large chamber. Each coffin appears ancient, but bears carvings and decorations that remain relatively intact. A large set of doors in the northern and southern walls lead out of the room. Doors allow passage to east and west. You just came from the west. At the door to the very east, there appears to be a large magical ward, stopping you from going deeper into the dungeon. It shimmers, uh, painting this picture of a hero god, uh, Yaldo himself, the hero god who slew a demon lord, sitting and praying peacefully. Hmm. Curious. Are the are you in any of these tombs marked? Uh, I mean, they're all marked, but not like in a suspicious way. They seem to be where many of the brothers have been buried. Okay. Or at least people who used to work here. Imagine getting buried at your workplace. Shall we examine the um, lock? The quote unquote with his hands. Uh, on this door? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, we should. Harrow is walking closer and he would like to take a look at that seal. Would you like to make me a esoteric lore to see if you can investigate it more? Yes, sir. That's a 20. Yeah, okay, so you can tell that this door, it is a magical shield of force that prevents contact with the door itself. It is a 10th level effect by the looks of it. Um, Meaning that it was a very powerful ritual that made this. Um, You would not be able to destroy it by yourself. Yeah. But you can see that on two sides of the door there are these little plates which are not touched by the by the runes, you know, from the, the shield itself. Hmm. And there seems to be in, like indents into it, which you can recognize to be probably a key of some sort. Ah. There's one on the far left and one on the far right. And I think you recognize that this is the kind of structure that is often used so that you cannot do something alone. You need to have one other person with you. Mm-hmm. Whatever is on the other side of this door is not something people want being seen, apparently. Yaldo himself must not have wanted people venturing this deep into the castle. Right. Uh, Harrow turns back to Blader and says, we will be looking for keys then, and we will both need to open the door together. Okay. 
Shall we check the other rooms in this area? Yes, but let's be cautious. Does your arm hurt? Um, yeah. He's like, he's like looking at his, his arm. I have no idea what to make of this. Eh, it is not a miracle I would have wished for. He like blinks hard. Eye beams, huh? I suppose so. Do they look any different? He like points to them. Uh, you've got two pupils in each eye. Gross. Little bit. Um, I hope it is not too off-putting. I will try not to look at you. What? No, you're fine. I don't care. <laughs> Do you want to make a quick uh, esoterica lore check or an occultism check? Yes. Harrow, you actually do... You're pretty sure you know what these are. Yeah? They're called deviant abilities. Hmm. Though Galarian contains classically trained spellcasters, descendants of magical creatures, and entire species who can invoke ancestral patrons for supernatural aid, there are always some who gain unique and unstable powers in unorthodox ways. The so-called deviant abilities uh, give people exotic energies, the boons of powerful entities, cutting-edge scientific experimentation, or any other number of processes which allow for truly unusual powers. Uh, they are classified into three types. What you have, Reaver, mm -hmm. is dragon classification for oh. those who are empowered by the heart, by courage, by strength, and it is very much so um, all about energy and power. Bladra, what you have is rate classification. Secrets, subtlety, intelligence, the otherworldly. That's fair. Whatever is giving you these powers is giving everyone else in this place the powers. And both of you have physical mutations causing this. Uh, in your case, Bladra, your hand uh, Harrow, in your case, your eyes. And evidently, those poor bastards outside, their mutation was their flesh. Uh... And the song is ever-present throughout. Anytime you use those abilities, you hear weird chanting again. Cool. Um, imagine all that in Harrow's accent, because he says <laughs> just that to Blade <laughs> He explains it thoroughly. Hmm. So quite peculiar, yes? Extremely. This is... not ideal. Do you have any idea if this is a permanent thing? We will have to find that out ourselves, Mr. Detective. I can't wait to go back home and tell my husband that I'm clear now. Well, I'm sure he will love you all the same. <laughs> I'm sure. He would. <laughs> I would hope so. They've been together since they were 15. My god. Do you guys want to keep moving in? Yeah, I think yeah. that they're at one of the doors. Arrow opens the door. Oh. Well, you enter what appears to be a library. Several large stone tables stand in this room, each spaced evenly. Shelves built into the wall hold hundreds of books, several of which lie open on the central tables. 
Doors in the southwestern and southeastern part of the wall lead in and out of this room. And in this room, you see two warrior monks. And they are both very obviously in anguish. One of them, the taller of the, the two, she has a hole in her hand, a perfectly cylindrical dimensional portal, which is in the palm of her hand and it is leaking desert sand. Hot air is bursting out of it. As she wails in pain, clutching it, you see that the other of them, his body, the short guy, he's, his body is discorporating into fractal patterns of roiling smoke and ash. You can tell dragon classification and rate classification. What the hell do you do? Because they're they have not they are noticing you and they are both screaming in agony and you're starting to recognize that they might not be fully cognizant. Oh, 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 I think I have an idea. Yeah. I have feet. I have a feet. Uh-huh, what's the feet? No cause for alarm. Okay. Okay, so tell me what no cause for alarm does. It's a class feature. I can attempt. To, I can attempt to reduce panic. Attempt a diplomacy check, comparing it to the wildy sea of creature of of creatures in a ten foot emanation around you who are mm -hmm. frightened. You know, I assume that this could be that too. I will. Um, I'll, I'll allow this to be. Yeah. Um. And each of them is temporarily immune for an hour. Um. Okay. If it fails, you know, or you know, they, within, they can't. Yeah. yeah, I'll say they're within range, and uh, they are turning to you. Both of them not fully aware of what's happening, but. Almost like instinctually getting ready to fight you. Uh, Blager raises his hand, the one that's not on his cane that he's walking with right now. Um, Is it his ghost hand? Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's like, please, we're here to help. We're in the same situation as you. We are not here to hurt you. His ASMR ass voice. Um, <laughs> and that's a diplomacy check, right? Yes, that's right. I will use a hero point on this, by the way, if it fails. 29. Okay. Their will DC is 20. Because this is a very hard situation, it's raised by 5. You rolled higher than a 25. Yay! And with no cause for alarm, Blade Dry will allow you to skip this combat entirely. Let's Woo! go! And relax both of them. The two monks, both of them are like gasping and the taller one, the the lady with the hole in her hand says, it hurts, it hurts, please help, please help. Can I examine you? Shakily, she shows you her hand and it is, there is a, you see in the palm of her hand, you can see a desert. There is an entire world on the other side of that hole. Ah. You have portal? It burns. Everything burns. Everything burns. The shorter man who is flickering and changing between these weird, like these fractals of ash. The song is so loud. I can still hear it. It's playing in my bones when I even have them. I understand. We will be finding a way to stop this. You'll be okay, all right? <laughs> okay. Just hang in there. You've been strong enough to be here till now. You're doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. He looks up at you, and you can tell that this man who's, like, maybe 40, he looks so scared. Mm-hmm. 
Listen. If there's anything that we can do to ease any pain that's going on, let us know. I am not sure how to help here. This is weird for all of us. My hand is a ghost thing now, too. Who are you? The taller one says. We're adventurers. From faraway lands. The shorter one looks up at you and says, We must leave. There's no way of stopping whatever this is. Can't you feel it in your bones? It's it's too strong. You should get out of here. We can help you out, but um, before we do, do you know how to open that seal in that room? Uh, the taller one kind of gasps a bit. He says, yes, yes. It requires the keys. Um, we're always sent here to guard. We're not supposed to let anyone in. Not after the monster, the singing creature. Right. Um, it seems to be a bit of an emergency now, so could you please show me where the keys are? Yes, here, please. If you think you can stop this, then... And she takes out um, a strange item, which is covered in ley lines, and it is in mm -hmm. the shape of a diamond. Place this into one of the walls. You'll need the other one. Is the other one nearby? Yes, the, the two guards to the south. They'll have it. Thank you. Um, here, let us help you up. And the short one says, You're too kind, adventurers. <gasps> and his like body kind of fractalizes again and then reforms. Do not You're worry. Too kind, too kind. Oh, I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. The singing. We will get you out of here. Just a little while longer. Yes, you can bear with it with your strong heart. Yes, I can. Thank you. Uh, and Harrow starts helping this guy up. Yeah. You make sure they're comfortable. As comfortable as they can be. They're not screaming in agony and trying to kill people that move anymore, so, you know, it's a good start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what now? Um, They're going to the south. Mm -hmm. uh, Bladra is like, stay here. We're going to keep, we're going to keep going. We'll be back. And so you go, skittering your way off to the south. My open the door with my big kitty paw. Okay. Uh, you make your way into what appears to be a dormitory. Yes. This plain chamber contains multiple beds along the southern wall. Two separate doors in the northern wall allow access to the room beyond, which is where you came from. And you see the monks in this room. They are asleep, but not on the beds. They are snoring very loudly, just lying there, comatose. At least they are not dead. Yeah. Lydra. Mm-hmm. That's odd. Oh, I love this feat so much, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As you come closer and you check their vitals, that's impossible. Uh-huh. They're snoring, they're breathing very loudly. They're tossing and turning. But they don't seem to have a pulse. Hmm. Bladra mumbles to himself, he's like, Now how is that possible? How is what possible? They have no pulse. Sorry? They have no pulse. They are snoring and sleeping yes 
but they have no vitals. Would you guys like to roll occultism or esoterica? Yeah. Yes. Reaver, you're not sure, but Bladra, that means their souls aren't in their body. These two are astral projecting. Awesome. That rules. Their spirits are far, far away from here. Isn't that awesome? It's kind of awesome. I will say you do see in one of their pockets another ley line covered object the shape of a disc. Um, Bladra um, takes it and he's, he's like, I'm sorry. Their souls are not in their bodies right now. Ah, perhaps there is something we can do for them later. Should we maybe put them into the beds? Yes, it cannot hurt. Uh, Harrow immediately goes to pick them up and set them each in a bed. You pull the blankies up to their chin and you give them a little kiss on their foreheads. Yeah, he tucks them in a little... Ah. Blade is like, sorry, I can't pick up a person that height and size. It is okay. This is why I am here. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck to the I'm stuck to the toddlers. A surge of music plays through both of you again. Ah, let's go. Okay. God forbid we have a funny moment. God forbid I talk about <laughs> his child. God. Arrow makes sure that they both have the keys, and he waits on the left side to open uh, it. Bladra waits on the right. All right. Ready, Mr. Detective Bladra? I'm always ready. Uh, Harrow sticks the key in there. Uh, Bladra puts in the key. Okay. The two of you input your keys. And there's a hiss, and then that uh, image of Yaldo fades, and the doors slowly grind open, showing you into a dark emptiness behind them. What do you guys do? Let us be careful as we proceed. Of course. And they walk in. There is a lot of darkness. You can't really see. Oh, you okay. You might need a torch. Well, um. Hold on. What about I have... low light vision? Yeah. Yeah, low light vision doesn't matter if you don't have light. Well, fuck you. Um. What's what's that? It's fine. I light a fucking torch. What's that? What's that, Derry? Can you maybe explain what that well, when is? Maybe, well, maybe when Harrow uh, opens the torch. Yeah, uh, Harrow brings out a torch. I um sparks his like thumb against it and it catches fire. And oh my god, what is that? In the darkness right behind you all is a creature or maybe the empty shell of a creature a massive beetle carapace lies kind of crackling away in the dark and it is moving it is very obviously undead but it is moving huh. but somehow it might not have noticed you cool it would appear that perhaps it is blind Oh. But I heard you. You were speaking. So I need both of you to very quickly make me some stealth checks, okay? Don't say it like that. 25. Okay. Damn. 31. Critical success. The two of you go perfectly still. And this giant undead beetle slowly kind of creeps through the area. And it seems to be looking for you. It's, un it's horrible mandibles clicking a little bit. And you can see it has been crushed slightly. 
Its wings are damaged. Its shell cracked. Something terrible happened to this creature. But when it doesn't find anyone, it just kind of slumps in a pile of stones in the west corner. And it goes still. Harrow looks at Bladra. He, Bladra, puts a finger to his lips. And he holds his cane so that he's not walking with it. And then he points to the south. Harrow nods and very carefully moves towards the south. He's so dainty with it. He's like on his tippy toes. Okay. You guys move to the south. Hmm. And as you're going through, that hmm indicates Harrow has seen it. Hmm. Hmm. Behind iron bars, you see several crypts built into the walls where maybe once the most ancient of Yaldo's followers might have been buried. And you can see that even the dead are not immune to the powers of the song because their veins are glowing and emerging from their corpses are puffs of smoke, green and ghastly. Oh dear God. They can't reach you, but they're sulfur zombies now. That's not good. Mm-mm. Bladra takes Harrow's shoulder and moves him away from that wall. <laughs> He's like, please don't. Nimble. Do not. D- please be careful. I am nimble. I will be fine. Those Thank are you, some bold last words you're making there. <laughs> uh, this, that, and nine lives. Whatever. Is that how it works? Probably. I have not found out yet. <laughs> they should... Um, Blager's like, should we go through the door forward? Mm, perhaps, yes. You guys continue creeping through the strange corridors of the deepest part of the dungeon. The very bottom of Yaldo's castle. You are guided by the torchlight of Harrow Reaver. And eventually, as you are moving you find something that is not intended. Oh? The beautiful uh, stone flooring and art of the place suddenly gives way to a massive cave. And that singing is coming from within. This should not have been in their original building plan, I don't think. No. This is unfortunately the way we'll have to go. Ah. I regret to inform you again, I am a little bit scared. (laughs) Listen, I'm here. I'll take care of you too. I've fought many things. I've been a lot of places now. It'll be okay. I greatly appreciate your support, Detective. The singing gets louder. Huh. Let's... Let's go. Harrow nods, and they walk in. And as you walk in, you can see it. There's a creature deep in this cave. It has its back to you as it sits atop a boulder, picks up a chunk of earth, and eats it, crunching the rocks in its mouth. 
it looks like a giant man made of rocks, but it also doesn't. It has a head almost like that of a shark. And you can tell that this is some sort of earth elemental. But there's something unusual about it. The way that it sings. What do you do? How to approach an unknowable. You don't have any choice except to step forward. Yes. Let us walk with every bit of strength we can muster. As you begin walking forward, the elemental stops eating its rock and turns to look over its shoulder at you with that strange shark-like head. And as it stands up, that song gets louder. And its body shakes a little bit, like it's trembling. And the elemental roars, and the whole cavern shakes, and your bones shake, and it the song, it gets louder. Can't you feel it in your bones, in your teeth? It hurts. And the elemental roars before dashing forward. And everyone, I want you to roll initiative. Great. Oh boy. Not 20. Oh my god. Holy shit. 30. Okay. So, top of the order, Harrow Reaver, it is your turn. This earth elemental is turning towards you now, and as it moves, it is swimming through the earth. The horrible monster shrieks, and it, the, its voice is uncannily high compared to its massive body. Your very bones shake as it approaches. You have four actions. What the hell do you do? Well, I'm going to use the first one uh, to exploit vulnerability. Okay. Uh, you are going to need to make an esoteric lore check, please. That's going to be 28. Okay. So you can tell Harrow Reaver, as you look at this thing, you can tell it does have a weakness. Mm-hmm. The way its body shifts and shakes like that. You realize it's not just trembling. It is vibrating. This thing is bursting not just with earth energy, but sonic energy. And I think with a moment of horror, you realize that this creature has a deviant ability as well. Troll oh. classification. The body. Health. Life. This creature's very fabric is not just earth energy, but sonic energy. And you can exploit that by hitting it with cold damage. Cold damage, Ooh. which will force its body to contract and not be able to vibrate as hard. Okay. So, uh, your wand strikes and your eye beams will both activate its weakness now. Sick. Um, Harrow turns to Bladra and says, watch out, it also has sonic abilities. It will be weak to cold. Okay. Um, and Harrow is going to fling magic first. Okay, using your wand. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so that is a reflex save, please. Okay. As uh, a success, it's a 25. That is a success. So roll me that damage. Half of 17. Okay. I see that you have used uh, d6s instead of d4s. Is that not? Uh, now... 
normally you can use just d4s, but you can push yourself with d6s. When you push your fling magic, you have to wait for a few rounds for it to recharge. Basically, oh. it's a supercharged jump attack. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I pressed the wrong one. Oopsies. You're good. Or do you want to? That's going to be... No. Wait. Maybe. I, I'd go mm. for the first one, honestly. It's a pretty yeah, nice fuck one. It. Yeah, fuck, fuck it. Yeah, right? fuck it, right? Come on. Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's go. So that'll be half of 17 damage. That is 8 damage. Plus your exploit vulnerability. That is an 8 damage. Sick. Very nice. It does not like uh, that cold damage. Cold damage is not its friend. Neither am I. You, yeah, you have one action left because you uh, got in that 20. Harrow, Havoc, Reaver, Ray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be an attack roll. Okay. 32. 32 is a nice hit. Roll me that damage. And then would you please also roll me a flat check? Yeah, to see if you overload. Two. Oh, Harrow. Dear, sweet, beautiful Harrow. Um, you do an insane amount of damage to it, something like 22 damage. Uh, your cold energy is overwhelming him, but as ice-cold rays, they, I think they come out in the same shape as your pupils. Mm -hmm. These four icy blasts emerging from your eyes. But Harrow, it is very, very painful. Ow. You undergo an energetic meltdown, and uh, you take damage equal to your level, uh, as energy scours your body. That is seven damage to you. All right. And that is going to be your turn, right? Yes. Um, it is going to be the Earth Elemental's turn. And the Earth Elemental swims through the Earth like it's nothing. Um, it literally just rushes up to you and roars. And as it lands, uh, comes right up towards you both, um, you can see that the Earth around it is... Uh, you know, like ferrous, ferrous liquids, the way that they kind of grow spikes. Mm -hmm. Oh, the ground around it does that Ooh. spikes erupt out of the ground around you all. Um, so immediately um, you guys are if you move while in distinct space, you will take 2d6 piercing damage for each square you step in. OK. It is then going to. Uh, use a storming breath attack. And as it gets up into your business, I need both of you to make a reflex save as it screams. Sonic energy explodes into both of you. And uh, it is going to scour you both. Oh, dear. Uh, actually, hold on. Um, I have Cat's Luck. Cat's Luck? What's Cat's Luck do? Uh, cat's Luck, uh, I instinctively twitch, uh, twist away from danger. I can reroll the triggering uh, saving throw and use the better result. Cool. Oh my god, specifically for reflex saves. I love it. Get out of there. Yeah. Hee <laughs> hee. 24. Okay, that will pass. You will take half of 4d6 sonic damage as it sings that song in your face. Yes. Um, 19 damage as it explodes into you both. Bladra, uh, you will take 19 damage. Okay. Reaver, you will take... Uh, uh, Reaver, you will take 9 damage. But as uh, the... The stone mauler, or sorry, as the earth elemental screams in your face with that sonic damage, it is launched back 15 feet. Mm. Which is very scary and uh, terrible for you both. Um, I'll make you roll a perception check on your turn. That is its turn. Bladra, I need you to make a perception check. Okay. 
Okay, Bladger, you can't tell anything. You can just hear that that music, the horrible song that was playing in your bones, is playing loudly now. Okay. You have three actions, Bladger. It is your turn. The hell do you do? Bladger is going to um, pull out his his bow, actually. Okay. Um, and then he's going to devise a stratagem. And I think that this is, it's fair that I'm investigating the designated subject with Pursue a Lead, right? Yeah, you are definitely, a, like, this guy's definitely the thing you've been investigating, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so if I wanted to find out about him, would I roll occultism? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you know that this thing is a stone mauler. It is a type of elemental, uh, specifically an earth elemental. And you know that these things uh, are very dangerous to fight while they're underground because they can use the reaction crumble, which uh, when they take damage, they can just crumble into rock and bury themselves under the ground, which would mean no more hitting it. Bladra lets Hera revert? No. Okay, uh, and you have... That's a free action, right? Because it's part of your device stratagem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's see if you'd hit him. Let's try. What a 30 hit? A 30 would definitely be a hit. Okay. Um, then he's going to go and, and do that. 19 damage. Okay, 19 damage. It, it, is, it takes that. Um, it is going to crumble. Okay. So it does shoot under the ground. Uh, 15 feet. Basically, your arrow hits in the chest and it lets out a roar as it collapses into pieces and then shoots underground. Um, it is flat-footed, if that's okay? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, Harrow, you can... S Basically, the way the shared stratagem works is that Blader's attacks seem to be opening it up to um, your attacks. Like, it, he seems to be planning around you, not himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is deep underground, which sucks immensely. Yeah. Uh, what do you do now, Bladra? Is there any way that I could try and figure out stuff about what's going on around them? Like, how did... Like, how the the floor stuff works, or if there's any way around that, that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, make me a nature check. Okay. I think, Bladra, you can tell that because it has access to the rocks beneath it, it is able to move around with impunity. If you were to cut it off from the rock somehow by, you know, separating earth from it, you might be able to give it a harder time. But this thing is a dangerous monster. Okay. So if you were to tamper with the earth somehow, you might be able to make its great mobility powers less terrifying. Hmm. It's, like, made of stone and rock, right? Mm-hmm. Is the ground... What is the ground made of? Also stone and rock. I don't have any ideas yet. Uh, hmm. I have kind of a weird idea. Okay, what is it? I've got soap and a water skin that I assume has water in it. Uh, you can take out... You can take out the soap now, and if you take out the water next turn... You might be able to do something interesting afterwards, but it might take a few actions. That's totally okay with me. Okay, you're pulling out the soap. Reaver, it is your turn. <laughs> Shit. Now is not the time for showering, detective. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> it's fucking underground. You can see that it is burrowing towards you, 
but it is currently not up. Um, I don't think I can hit it if it's not up, right? Nope. No. Uh, but you can make me a perception check. I love making perception checks. Okay. Revert. That's really strange. Oh. One might even say that that's odd. Oh shit! I'm sorry, I stole your shit. Revert. If this monster is making the music, and the music is coming from it, mm-hmm. and it is underground, then why has the sound of the music not been dampened? Why does it sound like it's coming from deeper in the cavern? Oh, this isn't the thing making the music. It's something else. <laughs> this is either, uh, I don't know, like a baby or guarding it. You have three actions. What do you do? Well. You can delay your turn if you like. Sure, I'll, I'll delay it to hit it again. Yeah. So you delay is a free action. You wait for the right moment to act. The rest of your turn doesn't happen yet. Instead, you're removed from your initiative order. You can return to the initiative order as a free action triggered by the end of another creature's turn. So basically, you can wait for it to come up. Yeah, I'd like to. Maybe a good call, because otherwise you're just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, yeah. Reaver, you wait for it to come out. And come out, it does. There's a rumble of stone, and then the uh, the stone mauler emerges and roars. And it is going to try to deck you, Reaver. Um, and it's going to use a rock smash. Mm. No... Uh, that is a crit! 35 to hit! He smashes that rock down into your head! Oh, poor hero. Uh, and that's terrible, because it does have, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. Um, well, you know what? As it hits me, I rig my bell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, he has to make a will save, right? <laughs> yeah. A blidger sees Harrow get, like, oh. hit in the fucking head. Oh, great. <laughs> that is a nat 20. You ring, you see, okay, what happens is you're waiting for it. You're looking around. Suddenly, a burst of stone, the ground around you becomes spiky and the stone mauler emerges and he's got a rock and he's going to slam dunk it on your head. And you look up at it, your eyes widen with those weird dual slit pupils and you start ring, 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 ring. But it is drowned out by the song, which is reaching its loudest yet. And the stone mauler is going to crush you with that rock for 30 bludgeoning damage. All Holy right. shit, you were at 69 HP and you never even noticed. <gasps> I didn't notice. You get a hero point, but it's, it's, your that HP is gone. <laughs> you take 30 damage as he smashes you with a rock. And then with his next action, he's gonna punch at you, Bladra. And okay. that is a miss. You. And you can see his body is starting to recover. Oh, fuck off. The rocks are starting to vibrate again. And he is, because he hasn't taken cold damage since his last turn, deviant ability, troll classification. It restores 16 HP. God damn it. Oh, fuck, I didn't get to use my actions. <laughs> well, it's your turn now, Reaver. Well, I fucking blasted with cold. <laughs> okay, go for it. Blast him with cold and make me a flat check. Flat check, nine. That's going to be another fail. Ugh. 33. Holy shit, that is a crit. Because he is flat-footed from Bladra's attack. Yeah, that is going to be a crit. Okay, um, sick. So roll me that damage. Are you exploiting vulnerability? 
Yes, I am. Okay. It's going to be actually... Uh, so roll me that as well. I didn't roll, roll the critical correctly. Hold on. So it's 24 uh, plus... Plus his weakness, uh, yes. which is going to be 31. Holy shit. Uh, he's not looking great. That actually looks really bad for him. Um, you are blasting him with this energy, but unfortunately, you're going to have another boo-boo because you're now having a moderate backlash. Mm. Ouchies. Energy racks your body. After taking the damage, you gain a weakness to the energy type of your backlash until your next daily preparations. The weakness is equal to one-third of your level. You also lose immunity to the energy type if you had it until your next daily preparations. Um, so you... I'm weak to cold now. You are weak to cold damage. Great. <laughs> As... I think... I think, Harrow, your, your fur is starting to frost over. Yeah. You're kind of looking like uh, you're one from The Shining. <laughs> That's one action, right? Oh, two actions. No, it's one action. That was one action, yes. I have two more actions yep. left. Uh, okay, what do you do? I'm gonna fucking punch with my flail. Okay, go for it. Mm, 21, but I use a hero point. Uh, go for it. I actually think, no, that is a hit because he is far forward. Oh, never mind then. Well. Oh, no, never mind. I'll let you use the hero point. <laughs> I use that hero point because I want that crit. I rolled an at 20. <laughs> Hey, okay, that's gonna be another crit. Holy shit, that's two crits in a row. Woo, 22 damage. Harrow Reaver, plus the weakness from your from your exploit vulnerability. Tell me how you, as ice rips at your fur from your, like, and like your eyes are hissing out uh, condensation, you know? How do you destroy this creature? I, I think, I think it's a bit ferocious. Um, I think that, he, the the slits of his eyes are so thin because he's a little bit angry with having been hurt so badly and Blader having been hurt so badly and having these poor fucking people just die for no good reason. Um, and so I think with all of them in his thoughts, he takes that flail and with like shards of ice kind of cracking off of his fur, he smacks it directly down the middle. The stone mauler lets out a roar and then it is shattered into pieces. Destroyed. And as you come down from this the music does not stop. You're fucking kidding me. I didn't even get to use my goddamn self. Well, it looks like you might be able to. Why hasn't the music stopped? I don't know. I... That wasn't... Right, right, that wasn't it. That was not the thing that was making the music. It's deeper. Uh, deeper in this cave. Hold on. It hurts in your bones. Ugh. Can't you feel it? Harrow started to freak out a little bit. Harrow, you're freaking out. Relax. Listen. Pay, pay attention. Focus on me. On anything else... Okay? Okay. You're panicking. Yes. You won't be on the top of your game if you're panicking. <sighs> Further in? Further in, yes. Sorry. It's okay. I'm not mad. I completely understand. 
let's keep going. Okay? Okay. Um, forgive me for being antsy. You have nothing to apologize for. It's only natural. I'm just used to high stress. I can tell. Can't you see? I'm really stressed out right now. <laughs> I cannot. She's got the same face as usual. Is this joke? <laughs> no. Alright, okay. Deeper into the cave You'd is You'd be able word. to tell if I was joking. What I? <laughs> I'm not you quite sure, know. detective. I have a great sense of humor. Over oh. here. As you all walk deeper into the cave, you find the most curious of sights. This natural cavern, you realize now that most of it was created by this earth elemental eating the rocks here. And it uncovered something, a part of the castle not connected to the rest of the castle, sealed away in stone, with one of the walls eaten by the monster. Oh. And as you step past the threshold, you can see that every single surface here is covered in protective runes. But when the earth elemental ate the wall, as it expanded this massive cave, it broke the seal. Oh. Oh, God. A massive bone marked with similar runes rests on a stone altar in the center of the room. The humming fills the air, cloying against your skin. And tucked in the very back of the room is a mummy, sat in a meditative pose. So, let's recap. Runes, protection runes on every single surface. Altar with a massive bone on the cent in the center of it. And a mummy slumped on one end of the room. Oh my god, it's him. Take a hero point. It's the fucking That's what I was hero thinking. god. <laughs> Harrow Reaver. You can tell that the corpse slumped on the floor is the missing hero god. Or at least it was him once. Why is he doing this? Or why is this effect on him? I think... I think this is where he... I think he... I think he sealed himself in here. Oh, I think God. that... He points at the bones. Is very dangerous. And he... Had sealed himself in here. In a room covered in runes. So that he could protect his people. We need to find out a way to seal this again. It is too late to seal. Oh, hi. You are alive? The mummy of a dead god slowly raises its head. Uh. All in all, he's actually still rather intact. He wears these beautiful holy robes hand wraps and leg wraps which show that in life he was an amazing warrior his hair is tied in beautiful braids and he clutches his own holy symbol in his hands but his nose is gone his eyes are dusted over 
and as he speaks, it is obvious he does not have lungs anymore. The jawbone, Yaldo speaks. It was his. Whose? Nolimartos, the lord of the demons. Oh my, oh gods. And the horrible, almost lizard-like jawbone carved with runes on this table, you realize is the lower jaw of a demon lord. Jesus Christ. The demon lord that Ilaldo slew. I was foolish. What happened? I sensed Noli Martos, the keeper of the unmaking song, coming to Sopatl. I went to the outer rifts and faced Noli Martos and slew him when Nolimartos perished. He bellowed a note of his destructive melody, a note that continued to ring from his corpse. His power lived on through the note and would continue to reverberate through the great beyond, causing great destruction. I had not slain him. I had unleashed him. I'm so sorry. It's horrible. Myself and the other hero gods tried to destroy it, but only the demon lord has the power to destroy the bone. Are you sure this is the only way? It is impossible. I sealed myself in here to ensure it would never emerge. And now I feel it in my bones. It hurts. As he kind of uh, looks at you, he pulls down his uh, collar a little bit, and you see in his neck, even though he does not have blood anymore, his veins are permanently scarred by neon green energy. Deviant ability. Troll class. Ooh. It got him too. What can we do? Perhaps... It is too late. It cannot be. There has to be something that we can do. Only his own power is strong enough to destroy it. How can we use... Wait, well, what... What if we use the abilities that it gave us? Does that count as its own power? Could it? Gilaldo just looks at you both. He's never tried. Heart, mind, and body. All three of you represent each of the deviant abilities. Perhaps with 
all three of our aspects. It could be done. We have no time to waste, then. Reach forward. Take the bone. They take the bone. Well, it's not that easy, is it now, Ritz? Make me a will save to uh, approach it. Well, what if I bombed your house? <laughs> hero point. Hero point. Dear God. Hero point. Okay. Hero point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to bomb your house. I promise. 29. Okay. Harold, how do you push past this? Because I think for a second that that one that you did just get almost almost does happen. You feel your mind being assailed by the Song of Unmaking, by the power of the demon lord uh, Nolimartos. His, his uh, like, the fur on his whole body bristles upwards, and he just clenches his teeth and, like, uh, shuts his eyes, like, tight and just powers through it. Okay. It hurts. If it hurts, it hurts. You grasp one edge of the jawbone of Nolimatus. This almost dinosaur-like jaw. It's awful. It hurts to touch. You can feel it in your bones. Blader, would you like to make a will save and try touch it? Yeah. 22. That is going to be a fail. Blader, you try. But this energy is battering at your mind. You take 2d10 mental damage. That is 14 mental damage. Awesome. Make me another will save as you try push past. Oh shit. Oh shit. It damn. Um, I rolled an at 20. Ladra, you push right past it. And you cling to the other edge of the jawbone of Nolimartos. And then shambling to his feet, Lilaldo, the mummy of a hero god, stands up his veins glowing from under his cracked and dry skin. And he reaches forward and grabs it. This bone is what has been giving everyone the strange abilities. This bone is what's reanimated the dead. And as Yilaldo clutches it, and you clutch it, Harrow, and you clutch it, and you clutch it, Bladra, your life force pulse in sync with each other. Dragon, troll, right. Heart, body, soul. The tree of you clutch onto this bone of a demon lord and the music, that infernal music, the note, it rises and rises and rises. And it gets worse and worse. And then it stops and the bone crumbles to dust. And moments later, Ilaldo Latera And with a smile, so too does he. The two of you stand suddenly, and you feel a wave of relief pass over you. And later, as you look into your friend's eyes, you see that he only has the one pupil in each eye. And your hand, Bladra, it's back to normal. Your eyes, they're normal again. Oh, are they? And he, like, touches his mm. face, uh... Mr. Detective Blazer, your hand! It's not every day that you talk to a dead god. You guys make your way out. You retrace your steps. The sulfur zombies in the walls 
have returned to peacefully slumbering mummies. The beetle carapace is nothing more than an empty shell. The two dreamers who fell asleep in the dormitories are particularly stunned. They tell you about how their souls swam over the Antarcos Ocean, safe but unable to find their ways back. The other two feel much more comfortable now that their hands and their bodies are no longer possessed by the strange powers of what came beneath. You meet again with the uh, head of the uh, order, uh, Edibaro Jolinares. Do you tell him about what Ilaldo was hiding back here? Uh, I... Or do you let him believe that it was some strange monster that brought this curse? I think that what Bladra would say is that they found the hero god who had sealed himself away to protect his people from an artifact that could have hurt them and that together uh, they were able to destroy the artifact and bring him to rest. Which is not all of the details, but I think he did have a right to know some of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, Eddie Barrow is very relieved to notice, and he thanks you profusely. He is crushed to hear that some of his men died down there, but is pleased to know that everyone who had these strange powers will be safe again. And once you reassure it will never happen again, he's happy to leave you go on your way. You wake up in the evening in Absalom. And Torelli is in the middle of uh, finishing a lovely uh, cake with Luel and Abelia. And, of course, Starborn the Frog, who you find out very quickly um, after uh, dear sweet Abelia. Excuse you. Hmm? He's a toad. He's a toad, my mistake. Yeah, fuck off. Reaver, Abelia very, very matter-of-factly explains to you that he is named after Winslow Starborn, the uh, Primarch, uh, the current ruler of Absalom, who you also find out uh, Bladra is on speaking terms with. They're pals. <laughs> They're literally Wow. After Bladra broke him out of prison once. Um, Harrow is uh, stunned to learn all of this. <laughs> yeah, fancy Alcatraz. Um, you know. Holy <laughs> shit. Torelli interrupts and lets you all know that he's made dinner and he would like to know, Harrow, if you'd like to stay for it. Uh, his ears perk up um, and he, he gives a warm cat smile and he's like, if you will have me, I will be more than glad to stay. You're absolutely welcome. Then I shall be delighted to join your table. Dinner is lovely and the whole of you have a lovely time together. And it continues to be lovely until, Harrow, you eventually go home and go to sleep. And as always, you dream. And as always, no matter what kind of dream it is, whether you are at home alone or out in the wilderness or revisiting a memory, he is there. The man with the insect eyes watches you from just out of your field of view. Bro? As he has done since you picked up these files. Huh? <laughs> and that's where we're going to end it tonight, everyone. Stop recording. Huh? That's fantastic. Huh?
this episode of Dice Will Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Seraphine, Kyle Damon, Maxine Mainstream, Soul Grease Lobo, Nick Roberts, Phoebe Jeebies, Daisy Gilliam, Lux Rexus, Baron Stormcrow, Sam Stryker, Tony Saunders, Mita, Arave, Varia and the Girls, GP Dora, Marshmallowberry, Farrick Falcon, Luis Loza, Ares, Alexander Criswell, May Cohen, Skyly, Kendra West, Genuinely Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Bal Ponyan, Johnny the Catman, Matthew Wilson Krasnovich, Tillin Shark, Gulich HD, Jay Snooks, Zenith Drums, Jonathan Love, Sophie Verlera, G Barbera, Luke, Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Ravona Darklow, Kira, Lichelope, Gizmo, Talison, Cass, Fable McElduff, Ava, Remthy Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C, Natasha Lumley, Reality, Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Sky Evangeline, Triceratops, Anna Maria, Jordan, Emily Aderna, John the Book Order, SS66 Seeker, and Dame Valerie the Turd. If you'd like to see what you can get for helping us keep it rolling as we prepare for Dice Roll Campaign 4, check out patreon.com slash dice roll today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.